Hello, you're listening to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. Welcome to season four of the 100 Mass Men series, where I anonymously interview different men from all around the world about masculinity, sex, and relationships, and how that contributes to our self-worth. Masked man number 80 is the ex-Wall Street. In this episode, we talk a lot about the imposter syndrome of overcompensating to do a good job in case we might get found out that we're actually not who we say we are, and the courage in blocking out a poor mindset to realize how rich we really are. We talk about leaving the matrix and traveling the world and then returning home as a completely transformed person and how that changes our relationships with our friends and family. What happens when you're just so different that you can't even recognize yourself, you can't navigate around all of the things that you used to call home? Let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. I came from a pretty humble background. My dad was a taxi cab driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, they fresh off the boat from Haiti. And uh, yeah, we, we we didn't really have much growing up. You know, I didn't really have like the typical childhood. And the way I was able to have fun was going to school or going to the library. And, and so it was very much like study and then come home, hang out with your siblings and then go back and repeat. And, and I, doing that, just following what I was supposed to do most of my life uh, gave me a lot of success and people praised me. And, and it was almost my survival mechanism. Um, I, I just remember growing up, just always used to think that I didn't know how to connect with people. I didn't feel like I had anything of substance to share because we don't do Christmas in my home or we don't, we didn't go anywhere for summer um, vacation. And, but just doing well in school allowed me to, you know, people praise me. I, I, you know, and I, I somehow was able to fit in. And then I went to college, a pretty good college. And then that had me go into like wall street. And the funny thing is the reason why I ended up working on wall street in large part was just because I was following this trend of, just kind of following the flow and like what others expected of me. And and I saw that a lot of people were going there, making a lot of money. I thought, hey, like, I guess I should just do this too. Even though I studied engineering, biomedical engineering, I think I was going to be a doctor or an engineer, but that didn't really feel quite right for me. And so at least I, I didn't follow that and listen to my, my heart around that. But then I sold my soul and went to, you know, investment banking. And, um, and it was cool because I go there, and it was a pretty fast-paced, intense environment. It's just ty- the type of place where you're getting up early in the morning, staying all day long, coming back at like 10 at night. So I'm, I'm there at 7. I'm, you know, I leave at like 10. Part of it, there's this like FaceTime aspect, politics, having to look productive and, and kiss ass a little bit. And quite frankly, it... It, it was it was intense in that you're like dealing with also with like million dollar transactions and there's this culture of like this is very important and and, mm-hmm. and honestly I just <laughs> you know coming from my background one there was massive imposter syndrome um, <laughs> I, I remember this one time we were putting together a deck for a client and you know I was the one I was the analyst and I'm in charge of creating these decks and you know the presentation is going out to all of the investors and you're, you're supposed to check it and make sure everything is is tip top all the numbers are right and all the grammar and the punctuations are right and I think I, I misspelled something in footnote somewhere and um, my VP was just like dude this is wrong like what the hell 
and, and like he's also a very loving and kind person and like i so I, I knew that but like also in that moment there was so so much there was it was like you fucked up and my heart like i i still remember the feeling it just this such an intense feeling of oh my god i i messed up oh, oh my god like and i'm just, i'm just, just apologizing profusely and i'm letting him know like I, oh, it will never happen again i i promise and because behind that there was this conversation that they're going to find out that I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. They're going to find out that I'm actually not that smart, that I, that I'm actually not that good. They're going to find out that I'm not that interesting, that they're going to find out that that kid from, from Newark, New Jersey, who, who didn't really know how to connect with people. And, and he was, he, he kind of put up these mat these masks in order to, to fit in and found ways to cope and to survive. And, and they're gonna see the, the whole house of cards is gonna fall down. <laughs> and and so I, you know, I quick I apologize. I let him know it will never happen again. And it, it didn't happen again. And so, you know, I was able to keep up the facade a little bit longer. But one thing that I discovered was just after pretending, it, it can at some point it, it really starts to take a toll on you. And I, I I would just be anxious all the time. And I didn't know that that was the term that what the emotion that I was experiencing just this anxiety of having to go out over again the next day and, and put the mask up again and, and pretend and the smile and, and try to make everybody happy and, and and do the work and you know eventually it just didn't work and um thankfully in uh, my boss and like the people I was working with they were great people but it's just the environment wasn't a right fit for me because I didn't know how I could be myself in that space moreover i wasn't exactly sure who my like who i was you know what what was that self and so one day my boss tells me to take a to take a day off and be like a normal human being and uh, do my laundry read a book you know go to the park and i was like thank you thank you i've been like working all year straight no vacations wow. and um and it was uh it was cool because i go home and i see this video by this motivational speaker that my brother sent to me and the way he spoke i don't remember what he said but how he spoke just it just penetrated my being and um and it had me start to just think about my life and question it and like are you happy <laughs> what what are you doing here if you stay here you're, you're gonna make lots of money but do you really believe you'll be happy doing this you know and it was a rude awakening but I, I don't know what it was inside of me. There's this, there's always been this belief that I have something more to offer the world, you know, this potential, this, this energy inside that you, you kind of feel it, especially when you, when you're wearing these masks and you're, but you feel like, Hey, like, I think like, this is not quite it for me. And I started to listen to that. And I, and I believe that was like, I, I think I can figure this out. If I stay out, this is going to kill me. <laughs> and so um, I ended up, uh, I started looking around and, and trying to find another opportunity. And, and very quickly, once you ask a question, the doors start to open up, you know, and the answer reveals itself. And so, and, I, and the funny thing is at the firm, there was a, a speaker that came in. She shares a story of the David statue and how that was built. And so apparently Michelangelo was commissioned to create David from this piece of you know, rock from the quarry that they had started years ago, but the other sculptors couldn't finish it. And, and, and it was just like this disgusting rock that had been like out in their workshop in the, in the field, just getting 
hit by the the elements and and they were they they said okay Mike come in try to like you you think you can make something beautiful can you think you think you can make the David out of this Michelangelo was like yeah I got you and so he takes the <laughs> David statue he goes into his studio and he starts working on that for years and then um, he comes out and then he reveals it and everybody's just like oh my god that's so beautiful like how could you create that from that piece of crap you know <laughs> rock that we had before and and Michelangelo was just like David was always in there I just chipped away everything else that wasn't him and uh when she sh- said that when she shared that story it really again penetrated my, my being and and I went up to her afterwards and I was, and, and I was like I think I want to do what you do and, and I kind of just shared with my, my story with her a little bit and and she just looked me in the eye and was like you've got it and, and, and essentially affirming that I can do it and, and she tried to even mentor me a little bit and to help me get started and to hopefully make that transition uh, away from banking. But again, the imposter syndrome was so deeply rooted in me and I, I was afraid to actually go and, uh, and, and pursue that. And, and even the traveling, and, and I didn't do that until a year and a half later because I was like, okay, let me just, let me get more security. Let me, uh, you know, get this bonus, and like the, the golden handcuffs. But um. Fortunately, eventually, I, I made the I made the jump and and just went on this magnificent journey that's led me to where I am today, where I feel more myself than I've ever felt before. And so, um, I try to live my life in the way that 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 feels good for me, and and to also sort of be the change that I hope to see in the world, because I think our actions and how we live has larger impact than anything we can say, and. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been quite the journey from investment bank. How long were you in investment banking? Because you said like so, you were doing that for like a year and then yeah, you kind of had this wake up call and then yeah. you stuck around for another year? Yeah, I stuck around for another year, a little over two years and, okay. and then I was out. And I'm so grateful that I had the foresight to just say no now, right. you know, because some people, they don't leave until they're 40, 50. And, and, and at that point, they have like a midlife crisis and and I kind of saw that whole timeline in front of me. And I was like, this is what I'm living into right now. I can switch to another one right now. All it takes is a new decision and and then to follow that up with the, the action. So mm-hmm. you know. when I had those feelings, I just thought that I was in the wrong company. Mm-hmm. So I went from like company to company in different country mm-hmm. to different city to everything. And it just continued to not feel good. And I was like, okay, wrong industry. Maybe I should try a different industry. And I just kept going like <laughs> hundreds of hundreds of jobs until I was like, man, maybe I should just not have a job. <laughs> like, you know, eventually you start bringing down all of the the reasons and you're like, okay, I keep doing this same thing. Like, let me switch this one, switch this one until you run out of, you know, options, I think. Yeah. 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 That's the, and that's a lot of the things that I see with like my clients even where they're looking for that, this something outside of themselves to give them this feeling, this feeling of sense, sense of security or, or fulfillment. I'm curious for you, you know, so from hopping to job to job, like, where are you now on that journey? And have you been able to sort of find what you were looking for in those jobs, those external things in yourself, perhaps even now? Yeah. I mean, before it was, I was searching for validation, right? I wanted, yeah. I wanted a byline in a magazine and I wanted mm. a specific magazine and it wasn't good enough unless it was that, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's not fair. If I go for an indie magazine, like it's got to be one of the top tier ones. It's got to mm-hmm. be legit, all of this. And then I'm now back to the same thing, except this mm-hmm. time it's my show. 
which means mm. I don't need to validate it, right? Mm. You know, there's no one financing me. I'm fan- financing me. So it just changed the whole playing field where I was like, wow, I actually don't need anybody's acceptance except for mine, right? Like if I want to publish a book, I publish a book. If I want to start a show, I start a show. I don't need, you know, a broadcaster to accept me. And that that was the new learning. I'm getting goosebumps. You're speaking some truth right now. That that accept starts with you accepting yourself, accepting yourself, loving yourself. It's interesting because I still find myself these days. It's almost like we we were dealt with a you know a deck of cards or or set like a programming. Uh, you know, like if we were like machines, we have like uh, our initial source code or whatever that that has some bugs in it, and, and it just kind of plays itself out over and over again, and and. But you hope that you can, at at worst, manage those bugs. One thing that I don't really worry about the past. Um, I know a lot of people think about, they kind of dwell in like what happened before, how this person wronged them, how if they had this opportunity, then they wouldn't be where they are right now, et cetera. I don't do that. But I do, what I do do is I, I take a lot of time to focus on the future and, and like what it is I'm creating. But it's interesting to see that even now in this space of, of letting go and, and, and surrender and, and, and embodying more of my most authentic self. Sometimes those, those visions of the future are, are, are very much like an expression of love and, and creativity and inspiration and, and it feels good. And then sometimes they feel good, but when I take a little bit, a look at it, it's more of me trying to have, have other people um, approve of the decisions I've made you know, thus far. And, and so it's it's so interesting to like kind of go in your mind and, and envision some some something happening that you really desire. Like um, um, I don't know, I, I want to create like a wellness event, one for instance. And but even then, it's a it's a it's a never ending process. And and as I sometimes envision like creating something like this, I also part of that vision is like my friends being like, oh my God, like he did it. Like he made it uh, or he, he's like really doing it. And, 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 and it's like, oh, wow. Now I see like why he's, he went off the rails and, and left, you know, his cushy, like a secure rational job, you know, on a path to go and do all this random stuff. And it's like, I still want that validation, you know, I still mm-hmm. want them to, to, and, and it's just interesting to notice that. And then just, also accept it, you know, accept that like, oh, wow, like that's where you're at right now. It, it still comes up. That's okay. You know, and in that space of acceptance, you know, you're like, you're bringing like your conscious awareness around it and it doesn't necessarily, it, it, it contains that, you know, like that bug doesn't like run rampant as much, you know, whereas before it would have, I, I would have been reacting to that over and over again and taking actions ahead of time and doing things that weren't aligned because I was trying to find, to get that acceptance, that validation. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, I noticed that, that that's still there. That's okay. That's kind of been like the process. And it's been interesting to just notice that, that subtle nuance as I've, as I've grown and developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> like you, get, you just get so zoned in on yeah. your own progress. I think I was talking to somebody, a potential person to, to interview and he said, you know, what's, what's in it for me? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there is no point. I'm not going to be promoting you. Your name's not on it. Like mm-hmm. nothing really. If you really wanted a thing, I can't, I can't say a thing. Mm-hmm. The, the only value is that you are a contributor to an additional perspective. So if you find value in that, great. If you don't find value in that, maybe it's not a great fit 
for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I would I would just kind of leave it out there. And then mm-hmm. I thought like, you know, someone else would be like, you know, what's the point of the show if you're not going to get a mm-hmm. hundred high quality men? And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not the point, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of a hundred men. And I realized we still can't communicate. Mm-hmm. That's the learning. That's how mm-hmm. far back we are. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I realized it's a research paper. It's not like I want a thing out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized like how much we focused it on like, oh, well, are you monetizing? Are you all these things? I'm like, no, like how can we never put knowledge on the, on, on the success radar and say like, that's all I wanted. I just wanted awareness mm-hmm. or a learning or mm-hmm. practice. Maybe I just needed mm-hmm. to practice communicating to a hundred people that I don't normally talk to. Like we don't praise this kind of stuff as success. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then once I did that, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to celebrate this, you know, that I get to do this, that I get to reflect on it, that I get to like, you know, meet all these people, make new connections. And then literally like the other day, someone came up to me and was like, are you looking for more people on the show? I really admire the anonymous factor because you're, it allows people to be more vulnerable and just like Mm -hmm. someone that just got it. And I was like, see, like, you know, the, the right people will come your way. You don't need like mm-hmm. to to have this validation where like the public eye or whoever else is going to see that, right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That what you shared sparked in my mind was the what's the why of this show, you know? And and if anything, that's the value. If it's to create these vulnerable conversations, and if it's to ex- to create a safe space for for men to to express themselves, and, and then doing in that person coming onto the show that becomes available for all the people that listen as so freaking valuable. And then another thing that came to mind was just you're, you are a creator, you know, you're, you're a learner, you're somebody that the student, you're, you're, you're kind of learning and, and, ex, and, and exploring you're, you're creating. And then also, I guess the exploring piece, I also kind of see you from what I know of you so far as someone who's trailblazing, you're, you're taking on this new format, and who knows where it's going to go, but you're, you're taking, you're putting your time and your energy into exploring and seeing what unfolds. And, and I think that's, there's something so beautiful about that because one of my favorite quotes is by this man named Alan Watts, who's like this uh, spiritual teacher. He, he talks a lot about Taoism and translated a lot of like Eastern spiritual philosophies to the West. And, and one of his things, he, one of the things he says is, um, you're an aperture through which the universe is looking at and exploring itself. And, and if you think about that, it's just like, you know, an aperture is like an opening. If you know cameras, you know, there's an aperture that through which the light passes and the, the image goes through. And so you're like, kind of like that, looking at the world um, and, and exploring it through your unique lens and perspective. I really acknowledge and thank you for what you're doing. Um, because I, I initially I started to find myself like thinking like oh well is this the best use of time and I was like no yes like this is beautiful like there's a there's a great mission here, um, it's not about me, you know it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's it, it's it's about it's about us you know and 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 so if my story if my sharing can can empower somebody, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah. your story reminded me of I was on the state with this guy in mm-hmm. London when I was living in in England. And we were on the tube and we were getting along. Okay. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I said, is there anything that you like want more out of the world? Like, do you think that you're put on this mm. world for something more than just whatever we were talking about career wise? 
And he was like, I mean, no, I don't really think that far. I just want to like live and be happy, you know, with, with enough of what I got. And I was like, yeah, but don't you think you, there's more to it? And Mm -hmm. he just didn't understand what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I thought what I had to give back was like the fight, you know, the Mm -hmm. the fight for all women. And I Mm -hmm. thought like, I will always fight for all women. And then I thought, well, just just existing as a woman is already fighting for all women. You know what I mean? Like it, it also doesn't stop there. Yeah. And then I was like, well, if I'm always fighting, there's always a fight that needs to be had. Right. But if I stop fighting and there isn't a fight, then there's peace. But then if there's peace, who am I now? Because I've always been a fighter. So that's all that's like creeping me out now because I'm like, well, now how do you identify yourself? And you were saying like that David was always there and you just had to remove all of those layers. For me, it's kind of like what happens when you remove David? Oh, my God, you're you're um, you're touching on some interesting things right now, because there's this um, I, I, you know, I'm clearly like very spiritual. Um, I, I've been in like in this world of well-being that you know initially it started as like personal growth and development, where um, <laughs> I used to be very introverted, and, and I am, you know, shy kind of. And but then I, you know, in high school, college, I was I told myself I was like I, I like girls, you know, and I, and the girls don't go for like the shy, quiet guy. Like they they go for the badass. They go for the guy who's like out there talking and and making things happen. And funny enough, I got into the pickup artistry community, um, really? which and so I know it gets a bad rap, but beneath it, there was like uh, this desire to empower men to find their inner confidence. And I, and I think this is where I started to see the, the industry starting to go. And it's, I think even to this day, it's probably more like around just that inner work um, where you're helping men not put sex and, and women on this pedestal, because a lot of it even is just about like, getting to higher energy, going out and just talking to people and, and, and getting out of your comfort zone. And, and so helping guys to, to like grow in that way. And so I started off doing that. And, and, and in doing that, I was able to, because I was like, I'm not trying to just like be a, an asshole to women. I actually, I, I like women, you know, but I also, you know, I'm a horny young adult and I want to be with like beautiful women. And, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And, and so like, I was able to get good at just like talking to girls and that translated to being able to talk to people. And, and so I'm never really afraid of let's just going into a space and just starting a conversation. And it's funny because I grew up, you know, as a Catholic, you know, we, I was an altar boy at one point and you know, I, I did, you know, but I didn't really believe in God and, and like organized religion, but something about just like presence and, and, and mindfulness and, you know, meditation, personal transformation kind of, you know, stems from that even really resonated with me. And so when you start to notice, when you start to separate yourself from a lot of the thoughts and the the identity that you have, your ego, it, it starts to, you start to naturally think like, if I'm not these things that I identified with for so long, then, then like, who am I? And, um, you know, there's this spiritual teacher named, um, Ram Dass, who like experimented with like psychedelics. And then he eventually like went off to India, like found a guru, eventually came back and like started sharing like a lot of the things that he discovered with people. And he talks about like there being sort of three levels of being. The first level is your your identity, your your ego identity. And so for me, it's like who I am for you. It's like, you know, Amanda and, and all of the history of that. Then the second level is like the the level of like your your soul 
and that soul is connected to everything you know like i have a soul you have a soul and it's almost as though our souls right now are, are meeting and it's like oh man like what's been going on with you it's like yeah man this this ride has been crazy you know like i was i was i went to like hundreds of jobs around the world trying to find like you know a sense of you know, uh of validation and, and worth and and then ultimately i came back here and i found like that internally and so like i'm 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 in like i'm really in my flow right now and my soul is just like oh yeah that's cool that's a nice journey you've been on like my you know i've been on this crazy one too like i i, I you know i was dead i was the walking dead for like the first 22 years of this this physical journey and then I finally woke up and then started traveling and and, and now I'm like do I'm coaching and I'm I'm empowering people to live be their best selves and it's been it's been amazing it's like oh cool like we're, we're we're doing it and it's like we our souls are like connecting right now and then the the last level you know the last I, I say that loosely is uh is this just pure awareness and and that's if you <clears throat> you know if you just like lose all the narratives all the stories it's the space that that is aware, that's conscious of all that's happening. It it just allows it all. It doesn't judge because judgment is like a, you know it's like a narrative. It's an, another thought. It's just you remove all of that. There's just that, and 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 some say that we're just like on a journey of of reconnecting with that pure awareness. And some people are able to do that in their you know while they're in this physical realm. It doesn't really matter. The the this this little this this this. Uh, way of viewing the world is kind of interesting for me because when I'm interacting with people now, I try to see if I can operate from any two of these levels simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So there's the, there's the, the me, you know, my history, my preferences and the things, the goals that I have, et cetera. There's, then there's the spiritual, the spirit, the soul that is, is, is not, it's a little less attached to all of this stuff, you know, it's just like exploring and discovering it all. And then there's just awareness that's just, just there, you know? And, and it's interesting to just like, like I'm interacting with you and it's like, okay, Amanda. And like, I hear your story and it's beautiful. It's like, this is great. And, but then it's like, I, I, you know, I usually I'm like between that and then spirit. It's like, oh yeah. Like just hurt, hurt. I feel you, you know, and, and, and you feel me. And even if, we disagree or whatever we quarrel etc like we we agree we laugh you know our, our spirits are just like they're we're the same you know we're just like mirror reflections of each other and we've attracted each other to in this moment and we're having a, a, a moment where our spirits are are interacting in our as well as our ego identities um yeah and, and so it's interesting that you, what you're doing what you're what you're exploring is uh is just more of the unraveling and like i think if, if you start to dig in deeper you'll start to connect with some of that perhaps or at least that's what i've been discovering in my journey i guess for me it's like if you get to that higher self awareness mm -hmm. you're so detached from kind of like mm. the ground level physical material yeah. world, mm -hmm. and it gets harder to connect with people that are just that is everything for them and mm. then it's harder for you to enjoy the fruits of that space mm. right because mm. you're like nothing really matters and then you're mm -hmm. like but i want it to matter because i want to have the grasp of this like fun physical aspect of, mm -hmm. of earth you know itself mm -hmm. so you know how how do you find that balance because sometimes mm. you know i i feel like i can't connect anymore and mm. you know i'd be perfectly mm. happy just you know sitting with my higher self forever but at the same mm. time i'm like i'm on this earth and i want to live and i want to feel everything how I do it is just kind of going between the two levels. Um, and 
when I'm interacting in life, doing the things, you know, working, connecting with people, I'm aware of the fact that I'm, I'm playing the role, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. There's, there's a beauty in that. Like you said, it kind of keeps you grounded because if you don't have that, then you're just going to try to go off into space or some other dimension, or you, or you might even not care about your life or whatever, you know? So like it, it kind of, it, it, it allows you to, to be here in this, in this world. And, and it's beautiful. It's, it's necessary. It's, it's, it's valid. You get to dis- explore this, this frontier um, through your unique lens. And so I think some people look at like in, in the spiritual world might look at it like, oh, this, the ego is bad. We all have it, you know, like, and, and, and that's okay. You just, if you really are spiritual, you, you accept even your ego, you know? And, and so I accept this, this, this me and the net, the story that I've had thus far. And I use it as, as a means to connect on, on some of these higher levels, you know? And so, because then I'm, I'm aware that we all have our stories and, and that gives me access to compassion, to love, to these emotions that I imagine that I'm able to really experience when I connect with the level of soul. And so when I'm out and about, it's, it's, it's almost like I set my, I start my days setting like a, an intention. The mantra that I, I embody today is just, I make decisions easily and, and joyous, and joyously and I follow through with love. And so that allows me to access this space of like, everything is fine. All is well. There's no, you know, just choose what, what's, what's the adventure you want to go on today. And so, um, for me, it's just like kind of going back and forth between these two. It's like the world is a is a, a stage, and and we're all just actors on it. I think Shakespeare said. And so, you know, sometimes we're we're so into the role that we forget that that we're playing a role. And so it's a, it's a matter of just taking time to remember like true self, like who you really are, and then going back into the role consciously, you know, mm-hmm. setting an intention and then going into it. And then you act and then you just, you expand, you discover more and then you come back and you're able to like see it again and, and, and feel it. And it's that, that back and forth, that, that inter. So it's just that constant, that, that constant dance, I think is how I, how I kind of look at it now. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I just, um, I came home like just about a month ago, um, back to Toronto and it's been weird because everyone's like, Oh, what are you doing next? When are you going back to Mexico? Mm. Like mm-hmm. everyone wants to know what the game plan is. Right. And mm-hmm. I usually have a game plan and this time I don't. And mm-hmm. I just announced that I don't have a game plan. And <laughs> my parents just freaked out. They were like, what do you mean? You don't have a game plan. Like you went on rest mode for this duration of time, but now you need a plan because what are you going to do? And I was like, well, everything's fine. Like we're alive. We're okay. Like there's no need to be in a survival growth mode, you know, hustle Mm -hmm. mode. Like we're, we're not in the grind. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so used to believing that we're in the grind struggle survival mode that we have to keep grinding. And then, um, I was like, our house is not on fire. So why are we acting like we're in crisis? And, and they were like, well, actually there's this cost, this cost, this cost, these things that you have to think about, these things you have to think about. And then I was like, okay, here are all of the ways that we're going to solve those things. Next question. And, and that just showed me how much pressure and stress they used to throw onto me to put me back into that survival mode because they don't want to be alone in the survival mode. And that's what I've been struggling with because I think a lot of the men that I've spoken to that seem to be like, you know, we're on like a good trajectory. We're like working really well, but then this whole, like I'm up here 
frequency vibe and I don't want to go down to other people's level. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I understand that you want to always pull people up. You don't want to come back down, but then there is a little bit of that ego mm-hmm. of like, you don't want to be dragged down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like, am I on my high horse? Like, should I be a little bit more in survival mode? Like now I'm confused. Like, do I have things to worry about that I don't know about? Or am I just now experiencing a time where I have changed so much that now I'm returning back that a lot of these conversations just don't hit me the way that they used to. And I just can easily deflect away from it. Although I might need a better way to communicate it so that at least it's articulated in their language. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that because, you know, I've, I've experienced the same thing. You know, I, I just got back this year I went on a couple of trips. I was in Aruba for a couple of months, and then I went to Costa Rica for a couple of months. And um, and that was in part sparked because I, I was coming out of a relationship. Um, I was engaged for you know th- for a while, and you know with this woman I was seeing for three and a half years, and um, and we kind of grew apart, and that was okay. It was beautiful. We included our relationship, our romantic relationship, but we're still friends to this day. And um, and then at the, also at that time, one of my best friends passed away. And suddenly, unexpectedly, and and then also in my family, there was like this mental health crisis. So there's like a lot going on. And I felt like the universe was almost creating an opportunity for me to like let go more and to expand and to 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 embody more of my my true self. And so uh, the inspiration came to travel again. And so I did that this year, started this thing called a surrender experiment and have just been, you know, just letting go, just letting go. And, and, and trusting that I'll be taken care of, that the universe is actually uh, a loving universe, that I can trust that anything that I need will appear at the perfect time. And, and there were some times where I was really challenged. It's like you make that decision, you start to go in that way. And then I got into like a major accident, or not major, but it was an accident and on an ATV with a girl I was seeing. And luckily nobody was hurt, but it totaled the, the ATV and you know, in Costa Rica. And, and that took like a nice chunk of change you know thousands of dollars to to repair it and and i had winded down my business to go on this surrender experiment to just travel and and heal and to expand and i was hoping that money would like take me a lot farther and then it was just like nope and like (laughs) took out a lot of my savings and then on top of that just like daily expenses and like you're hanging out with people you wanted to connect and and so like, it's like everything was trying to pull me into like scarcity mode, even though I was saying, no, I'm abundant, that I'm free, that the universe will take care of me. And in those moments, it, I found myself almost just reverting back to that scarcity that I learned from my parents and, you know, and like from childhood and from going up in the inner cities and not having anything. And even when I was in banking and I had thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like I, 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 I still felt scarcity, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't live like I, abundantly. And, um, and so it's like, so ingrained in me, it's like one of those bugs. And so it came up in, in that moment. And then I saw it. And I was like, Oh, man, that's amazing that I can see this. I'm so grateful that I can see this now. I haven't aware of this. And I choose to be grateful that I'm not dead that the, the you know, the woman I was with is fine, that it could be worse that I have, I just have just enough money to, to pay it off. And, and I have just enough to like, take me through this time until I leave in, in, in you know, the next month. And and then I got back and I ended up just like being with my family again. And it was so cool to have these moments. And like I had another like money scare. But then I, again, I just like surrendered it to the universe. I was like, universe, we're going to make a deal. I'm not going to worry about money ever again. 
I'm going to follow my surrender experiment. If something, if I want something, if I desire it, I'm not going to doubt it. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to purchase it. And I'm going to trust that you're going to figure out the money. And, and doing that has been amazing because now, you know, like, you know, at one point I manifested like $14,000 and I was able to pay off most of my credit card debts. And I was just like, yeah, this shit is working. This is amazing. <laughs> and on top of that, I, I'm practicing like embodying this energy more and more. And so now in my family, I'm living at home with my parents for a little bit. And I was like, okay, like, how can I start to break the cycle of scarcity within my family? How can I introduce abundance? And, because abundance doesn't necessarily mean just money. You know, I went for a run and I found like this field of wildflowers in, in the streets, you know, like I'm in the inner cities right now. And, and, and it's just like, like you see drug crack bottles on the, on the floor, et cetera. But then there's also this, this beautiful field of wildflowers, you know, in this empty lot. Like, wow, this is like a free flower shop. And, and, and like these flowers are so beautiful. And I was like, oh, let me t- pick up some and I'm, I'm going to give them to my mom. And I gave them to my mom and she, she's like, oh, this is sweet. And then, and then she starts bringing in flowers from the street like over and over again. And it's just like little, little acts to show that like, hey, everything's okay. And then I, I had a conversation with my father about like, I was just like, I wonder if I can start to have like a real conversation with him, not just, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm no good. You know, like it, it's <laughs> what he always says, like, I'm no good. Like, you know, I need money or I, I, I don't feel good. My body, blah, blah, blah. So let's, let's see if I can have a new conversation with him. And I was like, hey, Poppy, like, what's your love language? And he's just like, he's like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, what's your love language? You know, there's this thing called a love language and, and there's, it's like a framework. There are like five different love languages. So this Haitian man that, you know, pretty hard figure growing up most of my life, never could really be emotional with him. I'm starting, I'm breaking down, like, hey, like some people like to be touched. Like, you know, some people like to, uh, you know, have words of affirmation, you know, like, hey, that, that this looks good on you, Poppy. So other people like, you know, to have spend quality time with each other. Like we're just like talking right now. Others like gifts, um, you know, like, hey, you know, I bought you this, these shoes or others like acts of service. Like, hey, I'm going to take this, um, this out for you, this trash out or whatever. And, and it's like, which one do you like? And, you know, I tried a couple of times because he didn't, it didn't quite land and he's like really buying it at first. But eventually he kind of shares like quality time is really important to him as well as gifts, but quality time more so than anything. And we were doing that. And he was like, I don't need you to buy me things. I was just like, just talking like this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I got it. You know, and I, I listened and I heard it. And then we started spending quality time and I started asking him questions and he started sharing his stories of the past and, and, and our family history. And, 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 and in that moment, I really saw something. I was like, wow, my dad really loves me. Like my, my father loves me. He loves all of us. And he learned that from his father because his father loved him. And he, he's so present to that. Even to this day, it makes him want to cry something that he would never have done in front of me before. Like, wow, this is so beautiful. There's so much love. There's so much abundance like in our family. And it, and it started with me having that shift inside of me and, and embracing that. And in the face of the challenges that the life offers in the face of like, the resistance and the whatever, you know, it's just like saying, no, like this is, this is what I'm, this is the wavelength that I'm on. You, we can, we can rendezvous here. And so it's, it's beautiful hearing you like kind of bringing that to your family as well. Like, I think we all have the opportunity to break those cycles 
And again, like they're in your, your reality is because there's something inside of you that's like attracting that there's like a vibration that, you know, resonant. And so almost like training yourself to hold the frequency of like how you want to feel, what feels good to you. It, it has a, an amazing effect on everybody else. And, and sometimes people just like drop off actually. And that's okay too, you know, because there's 7.8 billion people in this world. I'm sure you'll be able to find a handful hundreds, you know, thousands that that can connect with you on, on that level. And so um, that's what I've been discovering. And, and it's been beautiful to really just trust that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you know? exactly. And just yeah. like not have that control. And I love that there's a saying, it's like, if you can spot it, you got it. Mm. So if you can spot like scarcity or money problems, that means you got scarcity and money problems. If you can spot mm. love, then that's what you got, right? So Ooh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy because if you're like, if you feel a ways about someone like some feelings of hate, it's like because you are hate at this moment, right? So you flip it over because everything you spot, mm. you got. Mm, mm, mm. It's like the smelt it, you dealt it thing. Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you, if you spot it, you got it, and 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 that's the truth. You know, I think sometimes we it's so easy to, to point our fingers at other people. And whenever I point my finger, it's like, you should do this or you're wrong for this. Then I like, I, I point it back at myself, you know, because it's you're you're, like, you're, I allowed it to happen like that. Exactly. Right. I think there's a, a guilt sometimes that comes up once you take full responsibility for your whole experience. You're like, oh man, like, why am I still having these money issues? Like I know better, like, or, or why am I still attracting like people who are unavailable, you know, romantically, like what's it in me? And, and, and you start to like beat yourself up about that. And, and I've been learning to just, to just be easy, to just like have compassion, to you know give myself some grace and that it takes time sometimes for these old vibrations to die off and to, to really fully spot consistently predominantly love and abundance and, and gratitude it's been a beautiful process every step of the way and it's cool yeah. to connect with people like you that are on the journey you know yeah, yeah. it's awesome i want to wrap up with a couple yeah. questions for you for sure um how do you give compassion to yourself mm. i give compassion to myself by just holding the space for whatever comes up like knowing that like i'm i'm a human being and I, I don't have all the answers. I, I you know, I, I mess up sometimes I, it's, and it's completely fine. Like any, any and everything is completely fine. It's valid. And it's, it's part of this, you know, this human experience. And so just creating that safe space for me to just be however I show up, it feels like compassion to me. And actually when I hold that space, then it, it allows me to move through whatever doesn't feel so good and, and to like step into more of compassion and then from compassion, I access higher, just other emotions that feel even better, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, how I look at it. That's beautiful. How would you ideally like to receive love from someone else? That's a great question. I ideally like to receive love in the form of affirmations have been really important to me recently. And I think it changes, you know, before it used to be more physical touch, but I think that might be second right now. Genuine affirmation is, it feels really nice. And I, I like to give that to other people as well, but I never really receive it as much. And when I do, it feels, I'm like, oh, wow, like you mean that. And, and it's like, you see me and, and it's, it feels nice to be seen in that way. Not that I need it, but uh, when I get it, it's, it's like such a, a delightful surprise. Okay. Yeah. What is a characteristic about yourself that you admire? Mm. 
characteristic about myself that I admire is I admire a lot actually <laughs> I love myself <laughs> I, I, I think I admire that I love myself I, I, I'm willing to love myself yeah because for the longest I, I, I wouldn't let myself love myself but when I do then I do loving things to myself like be compassionate go and work out like loving others because holding on to that negative energy doesn't serve me uh you know appreciating myself appreciating others is just it's all loving towards myself and and so um yeah I love myself I I admire that I like that answer if you felt like someone did you wrong how would you want them to apologize some good questions it's like I'm I'm trying to envision that or or feel that it connected to someone doing me wrong and how I would want them to apologize. It's, it's about the energy. It's about the feeling. It's, it's, it's about, you know, if, if someone did me wrong and then they came up to me, looked me dead in the eye so I could, because like the eyes are like the window to the soul and and just shared how, you know, that they were sorry and and, and owned up to whatever, whatever it was and shared what it was inside of them that allowed that experience to happen and how that's not who they are and that who they are is, is, love or compassion or grace and allowing me to just like really feel that authenticity that vulnerability that would really feel like a sincere apology to me okay yeah you know when you mentioned the love languages did you know that there is apology languages there are yeah I did not know that. Where, know is, that? Is, that, is that Gary? Did Gary Chapman write that as well? Like, or is there I don't know else? if it's the same author. But, yeah. But it's like, not a lot of us actually care about the words, I'm sorry. Like mm. more people want a request for forgiveness, um, like an admittance of what mm-hmm. they did wrong. Some mm-hmm. people want you to repent, you know, like what mm-hmm. do I, what can I do to do better next time? Mm-hmm. Some people want a confession, you know? So yeah, like it, it's, it's all about like, what that authentic response is going to be for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like when I work with a lot of women about sexual assault, right. And I'm like, you know, what is the apology? Cause you don't want just some dude to be like, I'm sorry. It's not enough. Right. But then do I want to punish you and like ruin your reputation? Not exactly, but I want it to be that serious because I want your actions moving forward to be completely different. So Yeah. You just blew my mind because the other day I did something that was very unloving and it was, you know, my mom, she cooked shrimp and I started dying. You know, I can't, I'm allergic to shrimp and like the smell of it in the air just like kills me. And so I'm like not breathing and I'm like, I open up the windows and I come back and and I'm just like coughing and wheezing. And each cough and wheeze was like a dag trying to like, why'd you do that to her? (laughs) And I was like, that's not really nice. And it was kind of nasty. And I tried to forgive myself and it was kind of hard. I wasn't sure how to forgive myself. And so you telling me this has me see like, maybe I can explore this apologies language because I think that's something we can all learn from. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because I didn't even think about that. I was like, hey, yeah, this, um, it's a different, it's another language. The same thing as like, thank you or something else right like everything's got a language so yeah yeah, everything's (laughs) got a language thank you for sharing that yeah my last question is out of everything we were talking about today is there anything you would like to invite another man to elaborate on in another episode on the show Hmm. so that's a tough question um i i think uh i found the segment of this show where we're talking about who are we really very interesting to me and so it'd be interesting to hear another man share who they are, you know, their identity 
but then kind of almost kind of go through the experiment of letting go of all of that and and seeing like unraveling and seeing like what they what do they connect with like who do they feel like they are sans name gender race etc 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 i think that could be a really cool thing to see mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like someone that's that's really gone through that yeah that inner work and like understands the the separation and then lives in this world like that right yeah i think that could be really cool to see or even if not if anything just uh i would just love to hear like a a vulnerable moment something that they don't necessarily always share with other people but that that really illustrates kind of who they feel they are at their core that could Mm -hmm. be kind of cool as well yeah yeah i love that i i get that pretty much every time which yeah. is great. yeah, yeah, yeah. like when i when i see it and like it mm-hmm. it like shows up in real time for me that's like mm. that's like my favorite part mm, that's yeah. so cool what was that in our episode i think it was when when it was kind of like the david thing and what happens when david when you remove mm. david you know yeah, that was kind yeah. of just like oh shit you know and yeah, then the apology yeah. language part too was yeah was like, <laughs> <laughs> cool cool <laughs> yeah. nice Thank you so much for this. This was amazing. This was fun. So did anyone else already know about apology languages or has this been the first time anyone's talked about it? You know, I've just been so obsessed with languages. So of course, I just dug so deep into this concept. There's apology languages. So that means there must be thank you languages. Like there must be so many different languages beyond just the language of love. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. Make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know someone with a unique perspective, make sure to slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Masked Men.